0: Hi, this is Steve O'Mooney, and you're listening to another production of the 4Eyed Radio Network at 4eyeradio.com. Hey there, Eric here from Socially Awkward Studios, and this 4Eyed Radio presentation is being proudly brought to you by Raven Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit ravencruise.com.
1: Starfleet Escape Podcast. Prepare for launch in three two one enjoy the ride welcome to the Starfleet escape podcast on the four-eyed radio network where we escape into the Star Trek universe this is episode number 56 and is being recorded on July 10th 2015 today's topic weddings I'm Aaron
0: and I'm Eric this episode is brought to you by revenge lover illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. Hi, Eric. Hey, Aaron. It's been a while since we've recorded. I sense a recurring theme. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we're able to talk. Yeah. I miss you're, you. you're my buddy. Yeah. You're my buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy. Uh, well, weddings for the topic, eh? Mm-hmm. Because you're getting married in like a month now.
1: Yep. Yep. Yep, less than a month.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, now officially less than a month. Yep. <laughs> so, Scary. I mean, w- what a better topic than this. Indeed.
1: Maybe I'll get some inspiration.
0: <laughs> I don't think you're getting a
1: Star Trek wedding,
0: dude.
1: <laughs> well, I was able to incorporate some Star Trek into the uh, design of the invites and whatnot.
0: Well, that's good. Yeah, which looked awesome, by the way. Oh, thank you. Nice. Everything turned out really nice. Huh. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, how about some news?
1: So, yeah, let's jump into news. Now, our last episode was just news, so we pretty much covered it all.
0: <laughs> there but, was a lot of news. But, hey, the Star Trek world is never ending. Nope. And there's even more news.
1: Keeps on going. So, we mentioned this in the last episode. Okay. Uh, the For the Love of Spock documentary. We weren't Mm -hmm. sure if it was going to be funded fully, but thankfully, it was successfully funded by 9,439 backers who pledged $662,640.
0: That's incredible. That is pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm excited for this documentary. Spock is by far the most popular character on Star Trek.
1: Oh yeah, no question. No question. I even named my dog after him.
0: It's a cute dog. It's a very logically cute dog. Indeed. (laughs) Although I bet he's anything but logical.
1: Oh, no, not at all.
0: (laughs) all. Uh, Next, Justin Lin, who is the director for the next Star Trek movie, he tweeted a picture of a Starfleet patch from uh, what's now titled Star Trek Beyond. He said, let the next Starfleet voyage begin. Hashtag Star Trek beyond hashtag LLAP or live long and prosper. And uh, I noticed that there were some other people who compared this patch. And I guess it was the same patch that was in the last movie, like Carol Marcus and they had him on their jackets, like when they were on the shuttle Mm -hmm. and it's, people noted that that was the same type of Starfleet patch. Okay. So, yeah. I like it. I like it, too. I like whatever it's attached to. It looks like a good texture. Well, it could be like a bag. It could be a uniform.
1: Right. Someone, I believe it was Chris. Chris.
0: (laughs) Chris Duhan.
1: Yes, Chris. Uh, He said it looked like uh, a chair that this was attached
0: to. I believe... it really looks like someone's shoulder, though. It it could be. It very well could be. It could be anything. And that's why it's so vague.
1: Mm-hmm. But I like it. I like the texturing of the actual patch itself. It looks pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's kind of almost like 3D-ish and and textured. It looks yeah. good.
1: Yeah. All the uniforms have been textured. Uh, oh, I like it. Textured. Even,
0: yeah. e- even if the movies are crap, the the uniforms <laughs> look good. There you go.
1: <laughs> so... In real life, uh, real world news, there is a proposed list of Star Trek names that will be given to some geological features on Pluto's moon, Charon. Names include Kirk, Spock, Uhura, and Vulcan.
0: Oh, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. We have a probe uh, that's going there. Um, Is it called
0: Voyager? No. (laughs) Damn.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Voyager already passed it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know that. I was oh. I was making a joke to Voyager six and oh, and and V'ger. Uh, V'ger, Yeah, yeah. yeah thanks for that. catching that, buddy. It
1: wasn't that. Okay, thanks. I was I was watching something about uh, <laughs> Star Trek five, and how there was no way that that probe that the Klingons destroyed.
0: Yeah, could have <laughs> made it to Klingon space. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, maybe they were just hanging out near the earth. <laughs> yeah, right all, Right near Earth.
1: <laughs> Clean on bird of prey. Whatevs. Yeah.
0: YOLO. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I bet that was his, his motto. Uh,
0: <laughs> I can just imagine it going on. YOLO.
1: <laughs> we should get all someone right, well. to translate that right now. What would that be in clean on? Do not do that.
0: Um, (laughs) uh, So in other news, Axonar kicked off their new crowdsourcing campaign. Uh, This time they switched to Indiegogo instead of Kickstarter. And in the first two days of its launch, it has received 75% of their $250,000 goal with 32 days left. Uh, like the Kickstarter campaign, there are perks that are set at various dollar amounts. Uh, so you can go to indiegogo.com slash projects slash star dash track dash XNR. And I previously donated to the past two XNR campaigns. Mm-hmm. And they let all of the previous backers have access to the Kickstarter or to the Indiegogo, uh, before anyone else. So, yeah, uh, the majority of this funding was because of previous backers, which is pretty incredible. I mean, they still have a whole month to go, and they're almost there already.
1: Right. And I'm surprised there isn't uh, fatigue from, uh, from all these crowdsourcing campaigns that have been out there. Yeah. I can't imagine every person who is a Star Trek fan being able to donate to all these it's nearly impossible
0: well oh yeah for me it would be impossible I only back Kickstarter and Indiegogo campaigns that I'm really passionate about and thankfully the Axanar people have been amazing so far in organizing and keeping one every everyone up to date on the perks and when they're shipping and what's the status of them so and I think for they're doing something that I haven't really seen other uh, campaigns do, which is uh, if you're doing a multiple campaign, rewarding previous backers. And I think that's why people keep coming back mm-hmm. because they have all these perks for people who keep supporting them. And for me, they they hooked me with those uh, different shit patches. So when this is all said and done, I'm gonna have like a full set of all these. Patches from the Star Trek universe, which I think is pretty cool.
1: Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And in related news, yes, is <laughs> actually on the IndieGoGo page. Mm-hmm. Uh, Axonar released Star Trek Axanar feature film teaser Vulcan scene with introduction. So if you go, oh, and, wow. if you go and watch this, it's a little introduction into star trek fan films and how there's a lot out there and it's diverse Mm. and um but this one star trek axonar or just Axenar, uh is different it's it's a different beast if you will and after that little intro it they show a fully rendered vulcan scene from it looks
0: incredible
1: it does. The CGI is very impressive.
0: Well, and that's the thing. Like uh, the the CGI, the people that are helping work on this, uh, some of them actually worked on Star Trek.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I mean, there's no wonder I why this looks so good.
1: Yeah. No, so yeah. yeah.
0: And plus, it's it's Soval, They've got Soval. so it's it's got that Enterprise connection to it, which I love.
1: Right, and it feels canon
0: it does it really does and i would hope that maybe paramount or cbs kind of considers this canon or or at least ropes it into canon because that would be amazing
1: yeah i mean they haven't done that with any fan film but this is
0: this just this reaches like the next level
1: right of fan films right
0: so yeah Uh, yeah. It it looks like they're gonna get funded all the way. So more power to them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely keep those coming because then they've got some stretch goals which are pretty nice. So
1: yeah, go do it. Go do it. Go do it. So that's the well. There's one more tidbit of news I actually didn't put into the uh, show notes. Okay. Uh, Let me pull that up really quick, uh, because it was an email I got uh, about four hours ago from Star Trek Renegades about their premiere. So Hmm. if you donate $20 to Renegades, you'll have a free standby seat at the door. Interesting. Right, However, there are no guarantees for availability.
0: Well, oh, yeah, I mean, if it's a standby ticket, then, yeah.
1: Yeah, so th- this would be... uh, Let's see. At the Crest Theater on Saturday, August 1st, 2015 at 4.30 p.m. Okay. So, yeah, if if you're in the California area and <laughs> want to donate $20, and the $20 donation only includes one admission to the theater. Transportation and lodging is not included.
0: Boo. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean that's that's pretty standard for for any of this. Right.
1: Yeah, $20 can only go so far. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that's that. If you like renegades, I'm waiting. I haven't heard anything about a web release of renegades so i'm eagerly awaiting that
0: oh definitely definitely
1: so moving on to the next segment of the show would you buy it and eric would you buy this
0: in a freaking heartbeat i would too <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what are we talking about
1: this is the star trek tos bluetooth communicator which is currently available for pre-order. The cost, $149.99. Worth it. Worth it. This would go perfectly with the TOS Phaser Remote Control. Yes, it would. Which is also $149.99. <laughs>
0: but it it looks like a prop.
1: No, it does. Uh, so let me um just run down some of the... Uh, product specifications. Okay. So it's the first fully functional wireless Star Trek communicator, officially licensed Star Trek merchandise, pairs with Bluetooth-enabled phones, designed using structured light 3D scans taken of the Alpha Hero prop. Includes That's a- incredible. Indeed, Includes authentic sound effects and conversation fragments from The Star Trek Universe. Wireless range, 32 feet. Standard for Bluetooth, Mm -hmm. I believe. Uh, Speaker allows for hands-free calling or playing music. Uh, There's a high-quality MEMS microphone. Uh, Materials, combination of press metal, die-cast metal, machined aluminum, and textured ABS. It comes with a magnetic stand. With metal base and multicolor LED charge status illumination.
0: Even the base looks like something from Star Trek. It looks yeah. like a natural extension of this communicator. Like yeah. that's what Kirk would put the communicator on. Right, to like <laughs> charge it. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, the phaser has a similar kind of base.
0: Yeah. So it's could, very canon.
1: You could put these together, I, I could see that.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: so the stand supports wireless charging. So uh, there you go. It has batteries built in lithium polymer.
0: Mm. Gotta love that lithium polymer. Hmm. Tasty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah, uh, definitely a yes. I probably won't purchase it, but it, high it, on high on my list of things I want to get.
0: Is it on your wedding list? Uh, no. Is anything Star Trek on your wedding list? No. What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we were registered at Bed Bath & Beyond. Uh, they
0: have to have something Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I don't know, maybe Star Trek betting? I don't think so, though.
0: Does, uh, does Geek have a wedding registry? <laughs> I
1: think it's too late for that. Um, I yeah. don't know.
0: I don't know. Well, speaking of weddings. Yes. We're going to talk about Star Trek weddings. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh,
1: So this this definition of of weddings comes from Memory Alpha. A wedding was an act of marrying two or more people, depending on culture, often for the purpose of religion and or sexual reproduction. Hey-oh. I'm all for the (laughs) latter.
0: Uh, Yeah, me too. (laughs)
1: Uh, so I have uh, we have this broken up into uh, a couple of sections. We have Starfleet. I'm not going to go over human weddings, because...
0: I think we all know what a human wedding is. Yeah.
1: Uh, Klingon weddings, Vulcan weddings, and Betazoid weddings.
0: What about Andorian weddings?
1: Uh, Memory Alpha didn't seem to have any information of Andorian weddings.
0: Well, that's strange, because uh, data said in... Data's day mm-hmm. that Andorian weddings commonly required four people. Interesting. Well, beyond
1: yes. that. Well even even the uh Bajoran entry for weddings barely said anything, so I didn't include it. what
0: yeah. I mean it just had what, a
1: picture what? of Cisco, Rom, and uh Lita. Yeah. And that that was pretty much it.
0: Okay, well let's let's get to it then.
1: Yeah. So the obvious Starfleet weddings—that's where we're gonna see weddings because Star Trek takes place in Starfleet. Vessels. What? I know, right? Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so in Starfleet, the commanding officer of a starship or starbase has the authority to officiate a wedding.
0: Well, that's pretty much in keeping with uh, traditional, uh, with Navy tradition, that a captain of a ship can can marry someone.
1: Yeah, I actually looked into this a little bit. Okay. Apparently US Navy does not allow this commanding officer to marry people. What? Yeah.
0: So maybe that's an older naval tradition.
1: That's that's where Kirk says it comes from, I believe. Yeah. So the first time we see a wedding ceremony in Star Trek is from the TOS episode Balance of Terror, where Kirk officiates the wedding between Robert Tomlinson and Angela Martine.
0: Yes, very good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, the ceremony was interrupted by the confrontation with a Romulan ship during which Tomlinson was killed. So they never actually got married, mm-hmm. unfortunately, uh, because the wedding was cut short.
0: But we saw the beginning of the wedding.
1: Right, which was in a chapel on board the yeah. Enterprise.
0: The ship's chapel. Yep.
1: And one thing that I thought was interesting: they're wearing standard duty uniforms, and not as opposed
0: to the the dress uniform. Right. Right. Well, this is during the first season. I don't think uh, before Journey to to Babel that they they might not even have made the dress uniforms yet.
1: That's true. That's true. So,
0: yeah, Good. but people can listen to our commentary. For balance of terror,
1: indeed. Where I'm sure we we brought that up, maybe.
0: We, I think we did. (laughs) Yeah. It was like the first five minutes of the episode. Yeah, we must
1: have said something. Uh, The only interesting or non-uniform adornment is in Angela's hair. Yes. Yeah, she has like this white fur dead triple on her. Yeah, dead triple. I was (laughs) gonna say dead
0: triple. Yeah, which would totally not be within Starfleet (laughs)
1: regulations. (laughs) Yeah, don't don't wear a dead triple on your head. (laughs) Don't wear a dead
0: triple. (laughs) That's fantastic. Indeed. (laughs) The next time we see a wedding is not until the next series, uh, which is the next generation. And we see that in the fantastic episode uh, Data's Day. And... Captain Picard officiates the wedding of Miles O'Brien and Keiko Ishikawa. So the wedding was performed in 10 forward and they were all wearing service dress uniforms. And since Keiko was a civilian, she's wearing a traditional Japanese wedding attire. And during the ceremony, Data served as the father of the bride.
1: Yep. So, I highly recommend you watch this episode. Actually, it should be a commentary episode that we do.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so I have I finally have all seven seasons of Next Gen on Blu-ray.
1: Oh, you bastard.
0: I know. So <laughs> now I'm just, I've got all of uh, TOS on Blu-ray, now I've got all of TNG, and now I'm crossing my fingers and praying that we get D Space 9 Blu-rays.
1: And hopefully there's not a new medium that comes out that supersedes Blu-ray.
0: Oh my god. Yeah, like 3D crystal technology or some <laughs> stuff. <laughs> right.
1: Oh, <laughs> all of our movies are now on isolinear <laughs> chips.
0: Like, son of a... Damn it. Damn it, man. But yeah, that's that's the only wedding that we see on The Next Generation. Yeah. <laughs> well, not really. I mean, that's the fir- that's the only Starfleet wedding we see. Right. right, I believe Cause... so.
1: I, In the first... I think it was the first season... Oh, Troy well, no. almost got married.
0: Yeah, that's true. So, what? yeah, what's next after <laughs> Data's day? So that's Cisco,
1: we, We're we going to jump to Deep Space Nine. Cisco okay. uh, performed at least two weddings. Uh, he officiated the ceremony for Ensign Ho- Hoa? Ho- Ho- Hoya. Hoya. It doesn't say much about... about about that wedding i don't think we do we even see that or is it just mentioned well there's there's no mention of her mate and and this person dies by the way
0: oh my god yeah well hoya was a female benzite so first of all yeah i think it was just a mention yeah gotta love those benzites yeah
1: i think the it says that she was the only one only female of her species ever shown
0: yeah oh my god and she was played by Hillary Shepard, who was a main villain in Power Rangers. She was oh. Divatox in Power Rangers Turbo. Oh, we, we're
1: bridging universes here. We're bridging podcasts. Indeed. Oh, that's
0: incredible. I didn't know that until just now, looking at that. Oh. So, awesome.
1: Yeah. Pretty cool. And Cisco also officiated the wedding of Rom and Lita in a Bajoran ceremony.
0: Which was a really touching moment in the later fifth season episode.
1: Okay, yes.
0: So that was, that was like the season finale, the Call to Arms. Okay. That's when uh, the Dominion overtakes Deep Space Nine.
1: So it's not the only wedding we've seen on, on Deep Space right. Nine. Admiral Ross performed the ceremony of Benjamin Sisko and Cassidy Yates, which I nearly forgot about.
0: I almost forgot about that too, but yeah. Didn't they get married? They got married right before Cisco, like, went all space Jesus. (laughs) Deep space Jesus. (laughs) Deep deep space Jesus on the next Star Trek. (laughs) Well, my favorite series, Mm -hmm. Star Trek Voyager, Captain Janeway officiated the wedding of Tom Paris and Bellana Torres. Very and we got to we got to see it first in like a kind of in a fake way because that was when their mimetic uh, mm-hmm. clones got quote unquote married
1: mm-hmm.
0: that that mimetic gel or whatever that stuff was right
1: on that like Y planet was that where it was from yeah
0: 10? the demon class planet yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. see I I, rem- I know some Voyager stuff
0: I'm surprised yeah. No, no, I'm giving you
1: a crap. You bastard. Uh, and so finally, although we don't see the actual wedding, in Star Trek Nemesis, we do see a traditional wedding reception of the. Yes. Of a wedding. A wedding reception from a wedding in the Western Hemisphere of Earth. <laughs> I didn't want because there are many different types of weddings. So I wanted to be yeah. narrow it down. They got married in Alaska, if that helps.
0: Yeah, which is where uh, Riker's dad lives. Right. But I mean, even though it wasn't the ceremony, it was cool to see a reception in the Star Trek universe and how things are kind of similar but not like I. I love that Worf was getting drunk and. I think that was pretty funny.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess on Earth you wouldn't have synthahol. hall. That that would be primary something on a on spaceships. Yeah, spaceship. Yeah, yeah. So it makes it makes sense. Picard's family makes wine.
0: It's true. Yeah, real wine. Right. Yeah. Right. No. No hall there.
1: No. Not at all. So, so I
0: wonder if that. I wonder if Worf's strong reaction was. <laughs> maybe that was his first real time using or drinking actual earth alcohol. Maybe it was affecting him more than usual.
1: <laughs> Maybe, but I think he says something something along the lines of Romulan ale should be illegal.
0: Oh, so yeah, it was just Romulan ale. Okay, whatever.
1: Yeah, and then Geordi goes, it is.
0: Ha 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 ha. Yeah. I, I love all the times in Star Trek where they mention that Romulan ale is illegal, yet everyone seems to drink it. <laughs> right. And there was a
1: for a brief time, it wasn't illegal anymore because of the um, alliance that they had on Deep Space Nine during the uh, Dominion War, where Admiral Ross was drinking it and couldn't hold—he couldn't hold his liquor because apparently he was the only <laughs> Starfleet officer who's never had rum and nail.
0: He was the one guy. <laughs> the one guy that He's followed the, the law. <laughs> But he is the type to follow the law. I mean, he was very uh straight-cut, so to speak. Right. Right.
1: And, and speaking of Worf, Yes. Uh let's let's go into Klingon weddings.
0: All right. So, via Memory Alpha, Klingons have a formal and informal ceremony for getting married. So, in the formal ceremony, Klingon warriors beat ceremonial drums which receive the couple and those are given by an efficient, usually the lady of the great house of the groom. So the drums are are passed on from the lady of, of the great house from the groom. And they recite a traditional story of Klingon creation in which the second Klingon heart was created to be joined with the first and they both rose up against their gods. The Taiwan, so I guess that's the efficient of the wedding, presents the couple with bathlets with batlets, as they did to mock the battle with each other, which represents the struggle of two Klingon hearts beating against one another. And after the couple recites their vows, they swear to unite against all of their opponents. And the guests attack them with ceremonial weapons called the Mastakas. So there's also an informal ceremony where two participants repeat an oath, then they kiss, and the ceremony could be performed by the Klingon equivalent of a justice of the peace, or the vow could be taken privately, legally constituting marriage by mutual consent.
1: And Worf has done both the formal and informal ceremony because he took the vow with, oh, what's her name? Her name escapes me. But Al- no, no, no. Uh, oh. A- Alexander's mother.
0: Oh, uh, oh,
1: K- Kalar. Kalar. Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> Worf and Kalar took the informal, m- informal vow just before she died. In TNG, and then the formal ceremony with Jadzia in Deep Space Nine.
0: But then she died.
1: Yeah, he. So... <laughs> Lesson <laughs>
0: is don't marry Worf. Do not marry Worf. No, it could end badly. It
1: could, most definitely.
0: Well, this has to be your favorite coming up.
1: So next up, Vulcan Weddings. <laughs> I'm not quite sure if this would be my favorite because it's. Um... Yeah, well, 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 let me read.
0: It's kind of brutal.
1: So this is uh, from Memory Alpha and forgive my pronunciations of these one uh, words.
0: Let me, do it. Let me I'll do it. I'll do it. No, I, well, I know how it's pronounced. Okay,
1: alright, All right. All right go
0: ahead. The kunat the Kalafi. Very well done. Thank you.
1: Was a Vulcan mating <laughs> ritual <laughs> which literally means marriage or challenge and is fundamentally a wedding ceremony. Califi was a passion fight in which a Vulcan challenges another over a mate. During the 23rd century, the fights were over when one was killed. (laughs) Very brutal. The conflict was uh, generally initiated when either two adult males wished to mate with one female during the Pon Far, or when the female did not want the male that was arranged for her at childhood. The female could choose any defender she wanted including herself or an alien
0: and we saw this in uh, the great episode that's
1: all I know I don't know what episode uh, so this was Is that a muck time no. oh yeah yeah that's it was it oh let me check did you do a good job <laughs> You did good. You did good. Yeah, it was a
0: mock time. (laughs) This was not the only time that the Kunat Calafi was mentioned in Star Trek, because it was actually brought up again in Voyager with the episode Blood Fever. Mm. And that's when Ensign Vorik is going under Pon Far. And Belana Taurus actually experiences the symptoms similar to Pon Far after she's attacked by him. So they have to initiate the the Kunat Caliph, hmm. And in Blood Fever, in that Voyager episode, uh, they say it is suspected that both challengers... that if both challengers break their blood fever, assuming one of them is not killed first.
1: Hmm. So it's very fascinating that the Klingon ceremony seems a lot more civilized than the... <laughs> Vulcan ceremony. Well,
0: well, other than the fact that they have their wedding participants, you know, attack them from behind. But I think that's more like I don't think they're gonna actually fight that hard. I think that's more of like a well, that's more the... of like more of like a traditional representation. With like it's just a tradition. Yeah, with the Klingon. Oh
1: yeah, no, that that's what I mean. It's the Klingon ceremony is is tame in comparison to the Vulcan ceremony where people
0: die. Where it's actually to the death. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Kunat Calafi is only if it's if the marriage is disputed. I mean, that's right. that's not their entire wedding ceremony. Right. It's just we're seeing one aspect of it. Right. So yeah. Uh, this, is, this is almost like a pre-divorce almost. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So
1: yeah, because she didn't want anything to do with Spock. That's true. Yeah. So I I guess maybe there's more, uh, hopefully there's more to the ceremony. I wish we could have seen Amanda and Sarek getting married in Star Trek 2009.
0: Yeah, that would have been a good, that would have been a good time to do it if they were going to do it. Yeah, if they were. But they didn't. Oh, yes. Moving on to Betazoid weddings. So... In Betazoid weddings, uh, prior to the wedding itself, a gift box is sent to the bride. The gift box is because I recently watched this episode a few weeks ago. And the gift box in full, glorious Blu-ray. How How did the gift box
1: look in high definition? Well, good, because it had a talking animated face on it. Wait, did they replace the face? No, 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 I mean, it was I mean, just in high def. <laughs> I
0: know, but it was it a look... practical effect. It was a guy. Oh, yeah, on I, know. The floor. I, I
1: know, I know, I know that. I mean, how
0: do they look glorious <laughs> in HD? You can see all the wrinkles in the makeup.
1: <laughs> yeah, the that's more. what I wanted to know. That's why I wanted to know.
0: But during a Betazoid wedding, uh, tradition dictates that all people present must appear without clothes at the wedding ceremony, which honors the act of love that the ceremony commemorates. If the bride wants, she can choose to honor the wedding traditions of her groom, which might not necessarily be Betazoid.
1: Right, because we know that there are two weddings of Riker and Troy.
0: Yeah, they did a traditional one, which was mentioned in Nemesis, and then they mentioned they were going to do one on Beta Z. Fully traditional, uh, which per- <laughs> which a lot of the participants seemed uncomfortable about.
1: <laughs> right. Uh, Worf, in particular, was opposed to it. Uh, but then Picard ordered them to participate, and then he <laughs> said that he was going to go to the gym.
0: <laughs> I, I think that, that's really hilarious.
1: Yeah. Would you participate in a Bajoran wedding? In a Bajoran one, yes. In a
0: Betazoid one, no. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, Yeah, that's different. You know what I mean. I
0: do know what you mean, but I had to throw that disclaimer in there. Um, (laughs) No, I... No one except my girlfriend wants to see this, so... (laughs)
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't think I would. It depends. If it was Deanna Troy, I, I might put up with it. Hey, hey no. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and you may put up with it. So. <laughs> oh,
1: but okay. Oh. Uh, so that's it for our for our weddings. So Yeah, that, yeah that's it for weddings. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to the next segment of the show the subspace channels and this week's question which star trek characters do you wish were
0: married oh great so first we go to twitter at jeff a star she said oh i'll give it some thought the obvious ones are crusher and picard smiley face i also reckon janeway and Chicote would have been good together too but i guess she had a boyfriend at home oh yeah but great. her but her boyfriend thought she was dead and then married. Oh. Chicote's still an option. Boom. Because no one wants Chicote <laughs> and seven. Right. Nope. So
1: here's here's an interesting mix. Uh moving on to Facebook, we have well, Sean sure. Rowling who says Janeway and seven of nine. Not because it makes sense, but because it would fit with today's hot button issues.
0: Hey oh. That's a hot bun. Those are two hot buns. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) No. Hey, I have to fill in for the role of Marty.
1: Oh, snap. See, the reason why I don't agree with this is because Janeway was more of a mother figure to Seven. Yeah, it'd be a little weird. It'd be weird. Maybe Seven of Nine and Kes. I wouldn't mind seeing that.
0: Uh, hey (laughs) (laughs) oh. Yeah, yeah. Four end of four season casts where, where she also it's like the battle of the cat suits at that point. Yeah. Uh Mike Saucier said uh power couple, Picard and Janeway. In a way, in a way, I can kind of see this.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Because when she was talking to him briefly in Nemesis, which we saw. Right. There there was there. I don't know if it was, you know, maybe it could have just been admiral to captain camaraderie or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, maybe maybe Janeway was kind of flirting with him. She seemed like like she she was like jabbing at him a little bit, yeah, kind of a flirty way. I can see that. I can see Picard and Janeway.
1: I guess I, I would prefer. I, 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 I yeah, Spider-Man I prefer over. Picard and
0: Crusher though. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, so moving on, we have Christine Isabel, which is Marty's wife. Oh. Who says, Ooh, Data and Seven of Nine. Interesting combination since.
0: Very interesting. Uh,
1: Data is an Android. and Also fully functional. Fully functioning. <laughs> fully functional Android. <laughs> and Seven of Nine uh, has. Part machine. Uh, yeah, she's part machine. And Data did it with a Borg. Don't forget that. Right. Yes, yes. In in first contact
0: with the so, Borg Queen. So are you saying he's seven and nine would be a step down? Like what
1: <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just saying he, there's pr- there's precedent to say that he may go with a a, a Borg. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, she also says Tuvok and Guinan.
0: Mm. Maybe. Well, no, because Tuvok has a wife at home, so right. that would well, not uh, work.
1: Let's, let's pretend he's not married.
0: Uh, I I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I, I think Tuvok's super logical. That's well, true. Guinan's pretty philosophical, though. Right. Maybe they would be a good intellectual pairing. Right. So, okay. I, I'm convinced. Okay. Uh, next, we have your other half, uh, Ashley Wong, who said Picard and Crusher. Also Spock and Deanna Troy. <laughs> I don't know where she got that from. <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe I could see maybe a younger Spock, but where they were at timeline in the series, no. No way. No.
1: Yeah. I I don't know. <laughs> Moving on, we have Caitlin Marie Walsh who says Janeway and Jacote. I'm a shipper. <laughs> <laughs> Picard in Crusher, and that she says the canon in books. Uh, that doesn't mean they're canon. That just means that it's been written in books. Okay. The the relationship.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I I did hear about this in uh, some of the newer novels. It it is canon, in, in the at least in the book canon. Mm-hmm. So nice. Yeah. I'm 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 I may have to read that. I. I'm curious to see what their wedding ceremony was like.
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, that was, like we, we mentioned it already, it would have made more sense than Chakotay and Seven. Yeah. So, next up we have Robin Hayes Huler, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name, who says, Trip into Paul. That was the most frustrating and disappointing romantic arc ever.
0: Yeah, that was, well, it was pretty tragic the way they ended it. If if you yeah. don't count, you know, the last episode of Enterprise, which a lot of fans don't, the actual finale of of Enterprise is actually them dealing with the loss of their daughter. Right. Which, you know, it it, it, it was really heartbreaking. And Trip to Paul, I think, was one of my favorite romances in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Because we did see such an arc and struggle and progression throughout their relationship. And it was really sad when they lost their daughter and that they had to deal with that. So yeah, I would love if they could live happily ever after.
1: Next. Anthony Lamberti says, Bacard and Crusher. I really do think they make a good couple. Yes. I agree. Uh, I agree. A
0: sentiment that is shared by many moving on to Google plus. Tony Portello said Trip to ball Robert Ezra Stern said Riker and Ensign Rowe.
1: Interesting. I I see it.
0: I I see it too.
1: Yep. There was that episode where they lost their memories and then they, you know.
0: Wow, Wow, <laughs> wow. Uh, Michael Smith said Seven and Harry, which There was... I mean, Harry had more of a crush on Seven more than anything. Right. I don't know. Well, I would say anything is better than Seven and Chakotay that was actually shown in the show, so... Right.
1: At least there Uh, was... I'll support it. There there was some evidence to see that one of them liked the other, instead of just all of a sudden, bam! Like, out of the blue...
0: (laughs) Right. Like, what is this crap? So... Right. (laughs) And... We have Moonfeather. Oh, oh, wait. Michael Smith also said Janeway and Chicote, which is another popular answer. Indeed. Uh, Moonfeather said Kes and Neelix. I think I, I want to say no to that one just because even though they were dating in in the show, uh, I mean, they, they broke up and then they just became good friends. And right. Neelix kind of had his own uh, send-off with an, from that Talaxian colony. I think her name was uh, Prixol or something. Sure. But, yeah, we'll go with that. But, no, he I mean, he started to find it and start a new relationship. So right. I'd rather just have him continue that.
1: No, I agree. I think,
0: I think all the Kess and Neelix stuff was resolved in, in Voyager.
1: Yeah. I thought it was kind of creepy.
0: Well, I think anything is creepy when you have a species that only lives for seven years. That's true. Or nine years, seven to nine years. Yeah. So, unless it's the two of their own species doing it, fine. But
1: right. I don't know,
0: mathematically, it's weird. Like, hey, how old's your bride? Oh, she's two. <laughs> <laughs> weird.
1: Yeah, I agree. Next, uh, Tony Portello.
0: Chimes oh, he, in again.
1: Oh, he chimes in again. Yes, he says, Ensign Rowe and me, or <laughs> Kate Mulgrew and me. So not e- not
0: even Captain Janeway, just straight up Kate Mulgrew. Yeah. Well, y- you have high aspirations, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that.
1: <laughs> Indeed, Karen Turman says Bashir and Jadzia.
0: I can see it, just because I mean Bashir for so long they could make a good couple but they didn't
1: yeah i, I think
0: that that's more of like a shipping type of thing
1: right uh, i think bashir and esri made a better couple
0: oh absolutely and in in a way he still kind of wins
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: win-win uh next we have andrea
1: mb who says beverly and john luke Naerys and Odo a smiley face
0: Oh yeah, I would have loved if if Kara Naerys and Odo married. Uh that that was kind of another heartbreaking thing in the Deep Space Nine finale was that, you know, she basically had to let go of Odo to to go back to his people. Literally. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's kind of a sad sad scene.
0: Yeah, it was it was bittersweet. Yeah. Crazy Girl Fun 1 said Norris and me. So more more power to you.
1: So moving on to the final segment of the show. Do you know what puts my quantum state into flux?
0: I have no idea. So what we, is it?
1: We kind of touched on this in the episode already. Yes. But modern Star Trek is full of forced relationships between characters that do not seem to fit or come from nowhere. What is frustrating about these relationships is they are unimportant to the story and seem to just be an attempt to give a character screen time. The mm. most notable example of this is the relationship between Seven of Nine and Chakotay. Two characters need to build a relationship over time, and it needs to seem natural.
0: I whole wholeheartedly agree with this, because given this Voyager example of Seven of Nine and Chakotay, Voyager actually did an amazing job of showcasing a relationship. And that was between Tom Paris and uh, Blana. Mm-hmm. So to have this crap <laughs> formed at the end of, of the series is such a direct contrast to a fantastic relationship that we saw grow over time mm-hmm. in the same series. Right. And it's mind boggling. Right. Yeah, that seven and nine Chakota thing pissed me off to no end. <laughs> it was just horrible. And thankfully, the novel or the continuation, the relaunch novels, mm-hmm. completely deal with that whole mess. Oh. And they resolve that crap pretty quickly. <laughs> so even the writers of the books knew that that was crap. Yeah. That yeah. was totally a ratings thing. It had to be.
1: Oh, definitely. And you know another another relationship which I thought seemed forced, and it was at the What's end that? of the series, was Worf and Troy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like like that whole Season 7 thing going yeah. on? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was so weird. Even, even growing up watching the show, I'm like, wait, why are they a thing? Like, right. why are they a couple? Because... I mean, even before that show started, timeline-wise, Riker and Troy were always kind of a couple. They may not have been going out all the time, mm-hmm. but she was his imzadi, you know. Right? They were each other's imzadi's, which means beloved. Yeah. So for her to like basically give the middle finger to Riker and start going out with Worf, that was that was just weird.
1: It it was weird, and
0: I am really glad for insurrection. I, oh, just okay. yep. I just watched that. I just watched it. It was on TV uh, the other day or like 4th of July weekend, because I watched that at my parents' house when I was up there. Mm-hmm. But insurrection, I'm so glad that that rekindled the Riker and Troy relationship and that they got married in nemesis. Like right. that was a nice way to tie up their relationship throughout the course of the entire series. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, you're right. The the forced romance of of Worf and Troy get out of here with that. Yep. That's was stupid. <laughs> it was dumb.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Well,
0: well. Good thing Worf didn't marry Troy, otherwise she'd be dead. I, well, see, the <laughs> thing is,
1: she dies in the alternate, uh, in the anti time timeline. When they are married. I don't know if they ever got married. But she's dead when when their relationship is... At its peak? At at peak, so...
0: Worf has a serious curse. (laughs) He just needs to be a bachelor forever. It's very sad, but it's true. (laughs) All right, so
1: thank you for joining us on our exploration of weddings in the Star Trek universe. I had a good time. I hope you did too, Eric. As always. So if we wanted to find you on the interwebs, how'd we go about that?
0: I am on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, pretty much everywhere as uh, Trucky B47. Uh, you can also listen to the other podcast I'm on the four-eyed radio network, the Ranger Command Power Hour, which is at uh, Ranger Command pH. and we have a new episode every other Saturday. Sometimes more. It seems like it. You guys put out
1: <laughs> well, so we got many that Patreon.
0: Episodes.
1: Yeah, the Patreon. Oh, thing. oh
0: wait, oh wait. June was a little bit insane. Like yeah. that was like five episodes. We, we we're doing one every weekend. Yeah. It, ugh, never again. But <laughs> <laughs> but no. Uh, typically, we are every other Saturday. So very good. And how can people find you?
1: You can find me at Nova Charter. On Twitter, Instagram.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm also on Ryza. Ryza. Yeah. Uh, I gotta use that, man.
1: (laughs) You gotta. You gotta. And, yeah, so you can find me at Nova Charter uh, pretty much on any social media platform. You can find me there. So thanks for listening, and until next time, live long and prosper.
0: We'll truck you later. You have been listening
1: to the Starfleet Escape podcast on the Four-Eyed Radio Network, where you can catch a new episode every other Monday. You can find us on the web at sfescapepod.com. Follow us on Twitter at sfescapepod. Like us on Facebook.com/sfescapepod, and add us to your circle on Google+ Plus by going to google.sfescapepod.com.
0: This has been another great presentation of the Four Eyed Radio Network. You can catch more shows at foureyedradio.com.